0: Hi, I'm Christy Hurt, the founder of The CoLab. We are a collective of brand professionals sharing our career stories. Every week, we pair up two members and they interview each other, so you'll get to hear one episode this week and one next week. We're heading into our third year of The Collab, and you can join us too. Sign up at jointhecolab.com and then tell your story. Hello, CoLab. Welcome. This is Jessica Quillen. I'm very excited today to talk to Christiana Mavramatis. Christiana has an amazing career as a creative in the ad agency, moving to brand side. She has over two decades of experience leading creative and marketing for brands like Cartier, Coach, Stuart Weitzman, Mac Cosmetics, Peloton, and Duolingo. She is currently a senior creative director at Compass Real Estate in New York City. Christiana, we're very excited to have you here today. You've been in New York for a really long time, but you didn't actually grow up in New York. Where did you grow up? And how did that shape you as a person and a professional?
1: Oh, it's great to be here too. So I actually grew up in London, England. I'm a first generation American. My parents were Greek immigrant and we moved to London when I was a newborn. During that time, my mom studied fashion design at the London College of Fashion. She even had her own bridal wear brand. And my dad was a contract negotiator for Exxon Chemical. His work is what took us to Texas. We moved to Houston in the mid 80s, which was a major culture shock going from London to to Texas at that time. All of a sudden, we were kind of the weirdo foreigners in a cookie cutter, kind of American suburban culture. And my mom, you know, ended up working at Neiman Marcus, I think, really just to have a connection to fashion and culture and beauty, you know, something that felt familiar to her. And that really impacted me too, because I think you know, having a connection to that world is what gave me the foundation for my future and my career. I certainly love the clothes and clothing, but looking back, I see that I really, really paid attention to the branding, the clothing tags and the logos. And even, you know, with the magazines laying around our house, it was more about, the layouts of the editorial and the juxtaposition of photography and, you know, headlines and the styling and just the moods that were created. So I, you know, I remember reading like the Jay Peterman catalog and loving that world that it created, but then also the Neiman Marcus Christmas book that had like a whimsical sense of humor. Everything was with a wink and I would like style vignettes in my room, kind of inspired by those things. But I think the only thing that I did that people knew how to translate into a career was writing. Kind of grew up thinking I was going to be a writer. I went to college to become a writer. And then I graduated from college and became a writer in Austin, Texas. And it was a tiny little publication that wrote kind of advertorial articles for local sporting goods store. One day, we sold an ad to some tiny little sports store that had no ad assets. And so my boss asked me to write a headline for the space. And I literally came in the next day with like a dozen sketches. And I remember he was like, what is this? (laughs) Did you enjoy this? Like, this is a whole thing. And so it really was a eureka moment. And the next day, I started looking into portfolio
0: schools. That's amazing. So how did you get started in your career moving from sort of that early experience as wanting to be a writer and that first, you know, kind of step into sort of more ad focus, but how did you kind of move from that into sort of creative director ad agency world that you moved into next?
1: When I put my portfolio together, instead of going to art school, I ended up staying in Austin and going to UT and getting a master's degree in advertising at the same time. And I think that really was super valuable to me because I learned about kind of like the holistic business and gained a real appreciation for it. It was also at the time of the dot-com boom back when we when we used to call it interactive. And so I think the culture of the time and just sort of my training led me to like a really unique perspective as a creative. My school sent me to New York for a portfolio review. And I got, you know, even though it was a dot-com at the time, I got really good feedback and it inspired me to just move to New York and go for it. I ended up landing a job at a really tiny agency. It was kind of like this boutique agency that had these amazing clients somehow. We had Sony and W Hotels and St. Regis Hotels, Hero Wang Fragrances. And I was kind of like big fish in a teeny pond. I was super junior, but I got to like lead pitches and lead website builds and hire photographers and stylists and be on the shoots and it was it was really a place where i learned a ton and i did the ad agency thing for a really really long time i think the most defining agency for me in my career was vayner media it was, I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk is the founder and CEO of that agency. He's a digital marketing and social media pioneer and guru. And even at the time when I went there, I remember my colleagues sort of making fun of me for leaning into social, but I just had such passion for digital. And I knew that that was going to be the future. And it was a great time to be there because I got to partner really closely with media buying and with analytics, I led a team of creatives on over 25 brands at any single time. So brands like Coach and Stuart Weitzman and Cartier and GE and Revlon and David's Bridal. And we got to really do some funky, fun, innovative things. We had great relationships with the platforms. And so we were invited to be first movers and sort of given heads up as, you know, sort of like tech breakthroughs happened like insta stories came out in 2017 and we had a heads up so we were ready to make content to you know try this thing called stories and i remember like snapchat launched spectacles i think this was 2016 and we had somebody in la buy them at the vending machine and then fly to new york so we could create content and have it out the same day it was a really fun sort of playground for that And, you know, during my time there, paid media and conversion tools became super sophisticated and the space gained a lot of respect. And so I was really able to lean in with brands to define what their ROI is and what their return on ad spend was and find a way to be fiscally responsible and drive a change, you know, positive impact for the business with creative and be able to point at the creative and measure how successful it was and, and that it was worth it and all of those things, which I think made me realize I should be on the brand side. I think in an agency, you really only have the opportunity to affect a campaign or a piece of creative. And I really wanted to do the right thing for the business as well. And so having that access, I just, I just knew I'd have to be on the brand side to have that access to affect the business strategy.
0: How did you make that move from the ad side into the brand side? Like, did, was that a difficult transition? Yeah, it really was actually. It really, really was.
1: It took me a long time to find the right brand. I think I had a pretty diverse background. Luxury was really the common thread, but I had some fashion. I had some CPG. I had tech, I, you know, spirits. It, it was really diverse. And I think the fashion world can be pretty insular and my background didn't really lend itself there. But I was lucky enough to to land a job at MAC Cosmetics. Drew Elliott was just hired there. He had come from Paper Magazine and he had just become creative director at MAC. And that honestly, to me, kind of said a lot. I was like, I know this brand. It's you know kind of an iconic brand but knowing that drew elliott is there i got really excited about the possibilities and so the role i had was executive director of global digital innovation which also gave me confidence in sort of what i could do there and so it really was an opportunity to not just affect one campaign or one social account but the whole ecosystem across all touch points and not even like platform touch points, but even things like packaging and in store, and you know, having all those things talk to each other and and work together. And if we're going to do this on social and it drives to dot com, well, what's the messaging there? And how do we make it a cohesive journey for the consumer? And how do we make it relevant to, you know, what they're thinking and doing in the moment and not hijack
0: their experience? And so I was really excited
1: to get that, you know, purview.
0: I love your sort of holistic approach to brand storytelling. I'd love to kind of dig a little deeper. Can you talk a little bit about your sort of approach to creative work and problem solving for businesses to help them kind of think big and think small at the same time?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's funny because in the agency world, among my creative peers, it was very self-driven. Like what's the creative I want to make, right? Who's the spokesperson I want to work with? Who, you know, what celebrity do I want to hire? And I think on the brand side, you really are focused on business initiatives and driving profitability typically that's sort of like the main goal and so how do you use creative to do that i think creative is often seen as a cost center right and it's like oh it's this thing that costs money and we don't want to spend money i've loved that i've been able to gain enough sort of knowledge and experience to use data and analytics to measure the success of creative so you can say it's not just a vanity project we're not just going to hire some expensive celebrity and put their face out there to represent the brand, but we're really gonna think about what is the brand at heart? You know, what what does it mean to consumers? What does it want to contribute to the space and how can it show up in a way that is impactful for the business and either drives awareness or drives engagement or drives conversion? And like even going back to You know, I talked about the Jay Peterman catalog. I don't know how many people out there remember it or Neiman Marcus's the book. Like I remember wanting to be a part of that world and how the format of it added to it, like flipping through the pages was an experience and like tearing pages out and hanging them on your wall and just sort of living in that world and being able to use now such a vast landscape of placements to create that world and not just again, for like vanity, but but to do something meaningful between
0: the consumer
1: and the brand.
0: How do you use data to help brands drive decision-making in a way to kind of support the decisions you're recommending? You know, I think the
1: olden days focus groups was how people tried to glean insights that equated to black and white sort of decision-making information. At Vayner, especially, I got really deep into some, some of the Mechanisms you can use on social to measure, even things like targeting and retargeting, and then measuring things like length of view or view through or click through, and, and all of those things. I think the social space has gotten a little bit dirty with some of those tools and mechanisms. And I think brands started to get a little too distracted by them, where it was all about achieving. Like a data outcome, how how many people clicked through to the site, or how many conversions did we get? And they lost that longer term value to build toward the brand. You know, as a brand, you can think about the future. And how do we build something that's consistent and ultimately, you know, iconic or, you know, just like rock star status branding. You think about brands that have survived all these years and and they do have a cohesive sort of like soul behind them. It's hard to keep that long-term path without getting distracted by the immediate needs that the business has to achieve like profitability or like conversion. If you launch, you know, a new retail store, you have to drive awareness and drive traffic. And so, how do you do that you can cheat the system a little bit and get get what you want but you can't sacrifice the brand message from a long-term perspective and so how do you balance both so i always try to say there's some things that you can't measure roi on right away some things you totally can and so depending on what the business is trying to achieve and what you know what the budgets are and what the flexibility is and you can Find a balance between confirming actions through sort of shorter term results, but also you need to be that voice or somebody needs to be that voice to say, we can't totally ignore these harder to measure or longer, you know, longer lead measured indicators like. Brand affinity and brand engagement.
0: Right. It's all a balancing act, I guess. You know, one thing that keeps occurring to me is that you you take a very left brain, right brain approach to creative problem solving, which I I love. And I I wonder how much of that comes from the fact that your mom was in fashion and your dad was more on sort of the practical tech side. Can you talk a little bit about how sort of that mentality comes
1: into your work? I mean, it's so true. It is really, I think, born out of my parents and sort of my experience with, with both of their perspectives. I think about how. As a creative person and professional, I always come back to like, this isn't for my portfolio. You know, like as much as I want it to be what I want it to be, that's not the responsible thing to do. It's not the earnest thing to do. And what's the point, you know, just so I can have a beautiful portfolio that I like. I really feel like none of this exists if we can't build the brand or move the business forward. It's all going to fall apart. So just kind of balancing both of those things that aesthetics for the sake of aesthetics have their place, certainly, but that's not what I in earnest can offer my employer or my brand. You know, I have to be able to do
0: both. That's uh, amazing to be able to straddle both. Cause I feel like many people kind of get pulled in either one direction and find a hard, it hard to, you know, create a balanced approach to that. So I, I, I really love that. So one other question I wanted to ask was, What are you most proud of in your career, kind of building on all the amazing experiences you've had and working with all these different brands and, you know, throughout these different agencies?
1: I think it is balancing what's right for the business and what's right for the brand. I think having, you know, a real sort of dedication to achieving that, regardless of what my role is or what the expectations are, I think I've been really proud of it. And I think right now in particular, we're entering, so right now I'm at Compass Real Estate i'm super excited to be here it is a very difficult and challenging time for the industry i think real estate in particular is sort of a canary in the coal mine for the economy mortgage rates were as low as like 2.68 (laughs) percent in december 2020 and now they're approaching six percent and higher so consumer confidence is low people are going through layoffs there's no inventory And it's even more than ever a time to balance what's right for the business and what's right for the brand. I think there is no room, there's no margin for error, but smart brands win market share during downturns too. So I'm most proud about Just sort of how I know that this is such an exciting time, even though it's a little bit of a scary time, it is looking back, we're going to see it as like a super exciting time because you're forced to retract and like refocus on what is the core offering? What is the heart and soul of the brand? What is our core message? And how do we communicate that in a way that translates to success?
0: I was curious to know, to hear a little bit more about the work you're doing now at Compass and how you've kind of built on your past experience and then kind of how you're using that to set goals for yourself moving forward.
1: So right now at Compass, I lead a team of designers. They're a nationally dispersed team that support real estate agents and like their design needs through specific requests that come in, but also at scale through kind of templatizing content for our internal platform or through other mechanisms where we can sort of execute creative and marketing needs at scale. And it's really a balance of achieving like luxury aesthetics and luxury branding, but also leveraging sort of like a proprietary product that we have in house. And so working with engineering and tech to be innovative on our own internal platform It's been such a great role for me because it has that left brain, right brain thing happening where the aesthetic standards are super high and luxury kind of needs to be the the bar for all the work that we do, but then also being able to leverage the tech and, you know, collaborate with engineers and think about sort of the user journey or our customer's journey with that tech and kind of glean insights through data in terms of what's working, what do we need more of, you know, what can we do better, all of those things to make the work smarter.
0: You know, kind of building on that, you know, I I think you've had such an amazing body of experience. You know, I'm just curious, you know, kind of being in real estate right now feels like such a... I don't want to say, it. it's just a bold thing, I think, given the state of the market now. So I, I'm just curious, what excites you most about um, working in real estate right now?
1: So the CEO and founder of Compass, his name is Robert Rafkin, he has boundless enthusiasm and earnest passion for agents. And, you know, I get inspired by by hearing him talk, you know real estate agents are of every walk of life they are you know largely women largely people of color and they're entrepreneurs out there trying to make a living and i i'm super excited that it's kind of one of the first times really in my career that i'm not you know working to sell a product but really my job is to give them the tools and the support they need to grow their own personal business so I get excited about that because I feel like I can do it in earnest. I get really excited about, you know, there's somebody hustling out there that's trying to grow their own, you know, business and provide for their family. And and if I can help them do that more and better and easier, that's just wonderful. Again, it is a tough time now. I think we just came out of a time where it was gangbusters in the real estate world, there were, you know, everything was, you know, prices were higher than ever and mortgage rates were so low and property was flying off the shelves and there were bidding wars. And now it really is the polar opposite. So I think, you know, in a time of constraint and financial constraint and high expectations, you know, you really do kind of have to put your game face on and find a way to eke out success where you can't just throw money at the problem. You have to use strategy and you have to have a real understanding of what what's valuable and what's worth leaning into. I love
0: all of that. So what's next for you then?
1: Well, definitely heads down for the next, you know, however long, 12 to 18 months to really make sure that, you know, this Compass and newly IPO company and publicly traded company can deliver on sort of the expectations and responsibilities during a you know high pressure economic landscape and then personally you know I'd like to become either chief creative officer or chief marketing officer of a brand i think i have specialized in luxury brands you know regardless of the vertical it's been really diverse in terms of vertical landscape but luxury really is sort of like the common thread and so i'm just sort of excited to continue to grow you know that balance of cult status from a brand perspective and profitability from a business perspective, you know, as I continue on my journey.
0: That's amazing. You have had such a diverse career and thank you so much for taking us through your journey today. It's been really insightful. Thank you so much. Thank you again. Thanks so much for being here for the CoLab Career Stories Podcast. Please follow us on social media at Join the Collab and sign up to become a member and share your story at jointhecollab.com.